Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm Father Chris Alar, one of the Miriam priests here live at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy. We have a full chapel here today. We're very grateful that you could join us as our first Saturdays continue, now more important than ever. And I put together a talk today that has really touched my heart that I didn't even know. It didn't even occur to me until I saw a talk by Cardinal Burke, Pope Benedict, and our theologian, Chris Sparks. And so this has really in, in, in just filled me with, with hope, and, and, and we're going to share it with you today. This talk is Guadalupe, the answer to everything. And so we are super glad you've joined us, and thank you so much. We have a couple of big announcements. Uh, if you're here in the local area, come by on the first Saturdays. I'm going to be here most of all the first Saturdays. I think I'll miss July, but most of them that I'll be doing book signings after these talks. would love to meet you. Um, so we're excited about that, and we're excited to begin again um, these Saturday talks, especially the first Saturdays. And so let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and glory for the gift of your precious gift of your mother Mary. We ask that we take her into our hearts and our homes as you instructed John. We ask for our hearts to be open to this message of Guadalupe, and for all those you have sent here to watch this moment, that their hearts will be open to this grace. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I can't think of a few things more um, important right now. And, you know, so much is going on, we kind of lose sight. Remember we did the consecration to Our Lady, right, back in March, right? And the world again, the Catholic world is just kind of gone back to its normalcy. Do you realize what's happening? Do you already see that there are some things that Our Lady is working already? I mean, think about it. If you look at what is the purpose of Our Lady, she brings us to Jesus. And who is Jesus? He's the truth. Already we're starting to see some exposure of the truth. The lies that have been perpetrated upon us are starting to get exposed. We're starting to see the truth of indoctrination of our little precious children, kindergartners, by places like Disney. How that's all come to light, that this woke movement that's trying to indoctrinate them is not the truth. Or the truth of Corona. We're starting to see now the true origin, the true truth. This is coming out. Or BLM being called, as any charity should, to provide where the monies are going instead of $6 million homes for those who are taking the money. Or for the laptops that are jeopardizing our nation in treason. The truth is coming out. The truth is coming out on Marxism and what its true intention is for the destruction of religious freedom. All of these truths are starting to come out, but none bigger than what's happened with the Supreme Court this week. The Supreme Court, in de deliberations and the statement and opinions on the Dobbs case, has brought to light something huge. The leaked opinion has said that it is not constitutional, that the 14th Amendment protects life, 
And so the leaked opinion, which was leaked on purpose to nothing more than generate vileness and unrest and even violence against this protection of life. Please pray. There are rumors going around that tomorrow on Sunday at the masses, Catholic masses, people will be entering into the masses. For what intent? I don't know. Hopefully peaceful. But the mass is not to be disrupted. Now, I am doing the Sunday mass tomorrow, 9 o'clock here. And I can promise you two things. Three. One, there will be no physical altercations. Two, if you come here and you try to disrupt this mass, you will be doused with holy water. You are going to be drowned in holy water. So you might as well wear a raincoat if you're coming to my mass tomorrow. And three, you will not touch the, the Holy Eucharist. Over my life, you will not desecrate our precious Eucharist. So these are the things that are going on in this world, not to mention the war in Ukraine and all this that's going on right now. But the truth is coming out, the hypocrisy of my body, this is my choice. Don't you dare overturn Roe v. Wade. This is my body. This is my choice. But when it comes to the vaccine, yeah, then it's not your body, your choice. It's forced. These are the things that are coming to light. This are the things that we need to talk about. Fatima warned of all this, of leaving God. But the answer to it was given centuries earlier. Centuries earlier at Guadalupe. Now, Brother Mark can show the next slide. I've already done a talk on Guadalupe that's on the YouTube channel, Divine Mercy or Facebook. It's already gotten like 350,000 views just on YouTube, many more on, um, on, on Facebook. But in that talk last year, I went through the entire story of Guadalupe, Juan Diego, how we received the messages, what Mary asked the miracle of the tilma, the miraculous design of it, the color, the design, the meaning, the symbolism. I went through all of that. So I'm not going to do that today. But if you'd like to see that, Brother Mark just showed the copy of that that is on our YouTube channel that you can watch if you wish. Now, we talked about, like I said, the tilma Juan Diego. But I'm going to take this a step further today because of what is happening in our world right now. Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of the unborn and the Empress of the Americas. Okay, now this is tied together. It's also involved with the war in Ukraine. So this is a good time to ask Our Lady to protect innocent human life all over the world. All right. You know, Chris Sparks, our theologian, who really kind of gave me the idea for this talk, said she, Our Lady Guadalupe now, is the answer to the evils of our present day. The popes over the last decade, he pointed out, have laid out a plan. Even before all this mess began, the popes laid out a plan for the church and the church's work in this world. And I want to show that. It's very simple. Our next slide. This is the Pope's plan. The new evangelization. 
the culture of life and the civilization of love. I'm going to be showing this slide throughout because this is the basis of everything. The new evangelization, the culture of life, and the civilization of love. Now, we'll discuss more of that in a minute. But the goal here of Our Lady is to go to her, to bring everyone to Our Lady. She will then bring you to her son, and Jesus will lead you to the Father. This is the whole essence of our faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Mark Maravalli at Franciscan University, where I went for my philosophy, a great teacher there, says repeatedly that Our Lady of Guadalupe is the great source of unity. Okay, now, he said she who brought together, listen to this. This, this, this is fascinating. What did Our Lady, okay, there's many Marian apparitions, but which one shows her pregnant? Guadalupe. All right, she's got the Aztec ribbon around her waist. There's obviously clearly, and we're going to show you a video in a few minutes of a recent miracle at Guadalupe. It's unbelievable. And they caught it on film. So we ask you to stay with us a few more minutes. We're going to show that video. Now, Dr. Maravelli repeatedly says, Our Lady Guadalupe is a source of unity. Why? Because she brought together in her womb divinity and humanity. Jesus is human and divine. She brought them together in her womb. Now, why is that great? Because they were at such odds. Divinity and humanity had a permanent break because of the fall, because of sin. So you have these two, you have divinity, you have humanity, and God created us to, to be together. And all of a sudden, there's this fracture. There's this break because of sin, the fall in the Garden of Eden. And they're completely separated now. They're broken. And it's in the womb of Mary that these two come back together again. And what womb? Not just any Mary, Guadalupe. And so in this, we have something incredible. Now, through her intercession, she will help bring unity to humanity in the same way. If Mary can bring divinity and humanity together in her womb, she can bring many other divisions together. This is Our Lady Guadalupe. Through her, we can heal the divisions, even within the body of Christ. What are the divisions in the body of Christ? Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox. I did a whole talk before on that. You can find that on YouTube as well. Catholics, Protestants, and Orthodox. She can bring that healing. Let's take a look at our next picture. This is the picture of Our Lady Guadalupe. As Fulton Sheen predicted, she can even bring Muslims to Jesus. And what is she standing on there? She's standing on a crescent moon, the sign of Islam. I believe not to crush it. I believe to bring it under her feet like the rest of the world under Jesus. All right? She's going to crush the paganism of it but not the people. She's going to bring them to Jesus. 
All right, so Our Lady of Guadalupe helped bring, let's talk about this. She started, she wasted no time. We're talking about she brought the division of humanity and divinity together. What did she do in Mexico? She wasted no time. She brought the Aztecs, the native Aztecs and Spaniards together in the churches of the world. Yes, there was a lot of conflict, just like we see now. But ultimately, you're going to be rather surprised what you see the end result was. She overcame, let's take a look at our next slide. She overcame a culture of practicing human sacrifice and worshiping of pagan gods through human sacrifice. She overcame this. You can't get anything tougher to overcome. Kind of similar to our abortion today. So she can overcome all modern forms of occultism, Satanism, human trafficking. She can if we bring it to God through her hands. We look forward to this triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and an era of, era of peace. All of this was warned at Fatima that if we don't fix it, it's going to get to be messy. But the answer was given centuries earlier at Guadalupe. Do you think Mary's just going to show up and say, I have a problem with the world and we're going to get crushed? No, she first has got to give a plan. And that plan was given at Guadalupe. Let's look at our next slide. This is Cardinal Burke. Cardinal Burke did an address to the Knights of Columbus in 2011. And I went back and I said, oh my gosh, this is all coming together. To, to me, this, this is all coming together. This is what he said. He talked about JP2, John Paul II. He placed the new evangelization of America. Let's look at our next slide. It's the same one I'm going to keep taking you back to. John Paul II placed the new evangelization of America under the care of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who appeared, as we said, to St. Juan Diego back in 1531, if you haven't seen my other talk. John Paul wrote, It is my heartfelt hope that she, Our Lady of Guadalupe, whose intercession was responsible for strengthening the faith of the first disciples in the Bible, will, by her maternal intercession, guide the church in America, obtaining the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as she once did for the early church in Acts of the Apostles, so that the new evangelization may yield a splendid flowering of Christian life. Okay, so basically, what is this? John Paul II is telling us, along with Cardinal Burke, that the answer for America and the whole free world is Our Lady of Guadalupe. And when Chris Sparks, our theologian, brought this to me, I'm looking at this, I'm reading this, I'm studying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, how could we not see this? Cardinal Burke made it clear, he said, Our Lady's apparitions back in 1531 responded to a time of man's very sinfulness. Our Lady appeared on the continent of America at a time when many men were drifting from God. Sound familiar? Today. And his life-giving law, 
and were exposing themselves in a most deadly manner to the influence of Satan and the forces of evil. Now, listen to this. They had accordingly lost hope. What does that sound like? Us today. The hope which loving obedience to the will of God alone gives us. So what's going on here? The religion of those natives, the Aztecs, was increasingly marked by diabolical worship, which demanded constant human sacrifice, just like abortion. Have you guys ever read Psalm 106? Let's put Psalm 106 on the screen. They sacrificed their, this is from the Bible, Psalm 106. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Now, before you say, Father, you're really giving me a lot of joy this morning. Yes! From Our Lady, the answer, Guadalupe. So this same conflict was happening in Mexico 400 years ago, 500 years ago. The conflict between the Spanish and the Native Americans, the Aztecs, threatened human life and their existence. The context of so much and so great suffering and death that the mother of God was sent from heaven to draw men once again to the only source of hope, the mercy of God. That's what's happening right now. We are a mini version of this, maybe not even mini. We could possibly be in a bigger version of this right now. And if Mary was sent then to draw men back to the mercy of God, where is he sending you right now? Right here to the shrine, the epicenter of the mercy of God. Let's watch this video of a recent miracle that happened at Guadalupe that blew me away. For those of you who are here, what this video shows is the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. There were thousands of pilgrimages, pilgrims, and all of a sudden, her womb began to glow in the shape of an embryo. Let's watch this one-minute video.
What an incredible video of the womb of Mary caught on film, glowing brightly, no light shining upon it in the shape of an embryo. This was captured at Guadalupe. That was what you just watched. Miraculous, yet a message for our times. Now, what happened to Guadalupe, all right, with her apparitions and her message there, the work of the Franciscans who were there had been evangelizing the natives, the Aztecs, and tried to bring those Aztecs, the natives, and the Spaniards, even the soldiers, to conversion under the leadership of the local bishop, the first bishop of Mexico, Zumarraga, bishop. All right, now, until this time, all that work of the Franciscans, this is why it's not the work of man, it's the work of God. All that work before the apparition of Guadalupe, 200,000 natives had received baptism, including Juan Diego. He was one of them. But from the time of the apparitions until the time Juan Diego and the bishop died, a few about a decade later, and they died within just days of each other, all right, in 1548, 9 million natives, native Aztecs, native Americans were baptized and converted. Now, with this miraculous gift of faith in the baptism, this nurtured all by the mother of God, the Spanish and the natives became one people. Now, let's see our next slide. This is Our Lady of Guadalupe. Look at her face. This is very interesting. The Spanish and the natives became one people, and the facial features, when you mix the two, are Mary's face. This is called a mestiza race, whose distinctive features are seen perfectly in the face of Our Lady Guadalupe. It's the merging of these peoples, the Spanish and the natives becoming one. To this day, the Mexican people have remained under the common motherhood of Our Lady of Guadalupe, whom they call La Morinita. Now, do you know that Mother's Day is May 10th in Mexico? Okay, isn't that beautiful how May is the month of Mary, the Immaculate Heart, the month of June is the Sacred Heart, and July is the Precious Blood? As I said last night, those are the four big devotions. Thousands of devotions in the Catholic Church, St. Therese and all the others, and they're beautiful, they're good. But there's the big four. Sacred Heart, first Fridays, we did last night. Immaculate Heart, first Saturdays, we're doing today. Precious Blood, the month of July, which I have a talk up on YouTube from last year. And Divine Mercy. They're all connected. Now, Our Lady of Guadalupe brought to the people of Mexico and America as she brings to the world our one hope, our only hope, Jesus Christ and his church. This is the whole message. We live in no less troubled times right now that are testing our hope. But we were given the answer. The people of Mexico responded to the answer 500 years ago. We're being asked to do the same thing now. Will we? In 2010, Pope Benedict described this 
situation in the world, this perversion of ethos, he called it, which is become the moral norm. What is he talking about? Even within the church, our culture is marked by untruth, violence, even death. Benedict described, Pope Benedict described a moral relativism called proportionalism, deadly, which was generated confusion. Remember Satan's three big tools? Pride, fear, and confusion. He's already used pride on mankind. He sucked in all the souls he can get. Right now, he's turning to fear and confusion. There's never been fear like we have right now. We're afraid of our own family. We're afraid coming to church. We're afraid of receiving the precious blood. You can't get coronavirus from the Holy Eucharist. It's impossible for God to coexist with a virus. A virus is a defect. The defect comes because of our sin. So Satan is already using these tools, and especially fear and confusion right now. So much of that, that this has generated total errors regarding the most, most fundamental truths and morality. We see this in the belief that those who protest the overturning of Roe v. Wade as a, as, a, as a right, he said this has led to a situation in which morality has ceased to exist. We're in big trouble if we throw away our moral compass. Listen to what he said, <clears throat> quote, we think, for instance, of the justification of the murder of the unborn child in the womb as the exercise of the right of the mother to choose, weighing other goods, whether to bring that baby who has been conceived to term or not. This is the lie of abortion. He said the justification of the abhorrent practices of artificial generation of human life and its destruction at the embryonic stage of development as a means to obtain supposed cures for crippling or deadly diseases. This is the lie of embryonic stem cell research. Those same cures can be found through adult stem cells, even more productive. He said the justification of the so-called mercy killing of those who have the first title to our care our brothers and sisters who have grown weak through advanced years, I think of my mother. I see my dad pouring out every ounce that he has to try to take care of my mother. You may have heard me say it before. You want to know why euthanasia is wrong? And, and, and he goes on, he says, give grave illness, special needs, as a respect for the quality of their lives. This is the lie of euthanasia. You want to know why euthanasia is a lie? Because mercy killing first of all no killing is mercy and secondly god through suffering may be given the soul that person the chance for salvation i've said it before i think it's totally perfect to say here again i believe both apply to my parents my parents were both having issues my mom's was unforgiveness with her mother who used to physically beat her very badly, physically to the point where my mom got water on the brain from being punched in the head by her mother. In some sense, that's 
hard to forgive. We can, on a human level, we can understand my mom's lack of being able to forgive, but on a supernatural level, we have to. And my mom couldn't forgive. And it was only when she got sick and started to suffer and fell and landed on her head. And she started to contemplate everything that was happening. This was just before her dementia kicked in. And I was by her hospital bedside. And I asked her, Mom, God is purifying you right now. If we would have pulled the plug after my mom's fall and killed her out of mercy, none of this could have happened. Instead, my mom at that bedside said she forgave her mother. This is my belief of what was needed for her to go to heaven. My father, by his own admission, was never present to us as a family, was never there. It was always, I mean, he was there, but it was always doing what he wanted to do. It was his will. He was always present, but in his way. Now he's completely surrendered to the care of my mother, which never would have happened. That supernatural level of charity that he has reached has only happened because of the suffering of my mother becoming completely incapable of caring for herself when he has to wipe her and change her diapers. He never did that before. And that all only happened because of what my mom is going through. If euthanasia after my mom's fall down the stairs killed them, it's mercy. None of this would have happened. And I believe both my mom's soul because of unforgiveness, my dad's soul because of lack of charity would have been lost. Now my mom through her purification has forgiven her mother. My dad through supernatural acts of acts of charity has done some things he's never done before completely surrendering himself. He doesn't do a thing for himself anymore. He's totally dedicated to my mother and he can't even do it anymore. That's why I go home. He's so beyond his capabilities. I'm like, dad, you can't do this. I'll be home this week. I'll move the furniture. I'll empty the garage. I'll do this. If we would have killed my mom, none of this would have happened. This is the lie of euthanasia. It's not mercy killing. And so Pope John went on, and the justification of the sexual union of two persons of the same sex as tolerance of so-called alternative forms of human sexuality, as if there were a true form of human sexuality other than the form written in the human body and the soul by God. This is the lie of same-sex marriage. All of these things didn't exist at the time of Mary's appearing at Guadalupe. We've begotten much worse. Pope Pius XII said mankind is more sinful today than he was at the time of the flood, and that was back in the 50s, the time of leave it to beaver, as I always say. So we need Our Lady of Guadalupe. She fixed it then, she can fix it now. These are dangerous, these things, and will destroy our society if we left, leave it unchecked without a moral compass. We are witnesses of a society in which, in many respects, morality has ceased to exist. It is up to us. Do you remember when God, Abraham, God was going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah? What happened? 
the immorality of the city. They had lost their way. They turned from God. And Abraham's like, God, are you going to destroy the city? And God says, yes, I have to. The immorality is gone. The city's gone. They've turned away from me. I have to destroy it. And what did Abraham say? He said, if I can find 50 good people, will you spare the city? He said, yes. If I can find 40. I like Vinnie Flynn. He says, he's like an auctioneer. Do I hear 40? Do I hear 30? Do I hear 20 good souls? Lord, if I can find 20 good souls, will you spare the city? He said, yes. We have to be those souls. That's why you're with us. That's why you're here at the shrine. That is why you are listening on the live stream. The essence of all of this is so important. This is why Our Lady of Guadalupe gives us hope, gives us Jesus Christ who alone can fix this. We are called ever more urgently to this new evangelization of our culture. This is that graphic. This is the key. This next slide of Brother Mark can show is the essence of the new evangelization. All right, even as the first disciples faced a pagan world, which had not even heard of Jesus, so we too face a post-Christian world, all right, which is forgetful of God and hostile to Christianity. Tomorrow with the masses, they're telling us they're going to barge into the Catholic masses and be hostile. Like I said, you come here, you're going to get doused with holy water. And this is, this is what we... We'll pray, no need for altercations, but a need for prayer. Before the great challenge of our time, John Paul II cautioned us that we will not save ourselves by discovering some magical formula of a, of a political party or inventing some new program by politics. He reminded us that the program by which we are to address effectively the great spiritual challenges of our times is Jesus Christ and his divine mercy found in his church. That is why you are here. This is the answer. In short, the program leading to freedom and happiness is for each of us, the holiness of life found in Christ in accordance with our state in life and calling our attention to this culture, trusting in God through his church, despite our brokenness, despite our weakness. All right, so I want to finish here. I've only got a few minutes left. I saw an interesting interview with the postulator of the cause of canonization of Juan Diego. I didn't even know he was alive. But then I found out Juan Diego was only canonized in 2002 by John Paul. So this was an article, A Mother for the Civilization of Love, an interview with St. Juan Diego's postulator. This is interesting, and this is where I want to finish. The message of Fatima basically gives us warnings that if, if we don't fix this mess, we're going to get in trouble. But she already told us how to fix it in Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know, it's interesting because this postulator said that the civilization of love has a mother, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Everybody says, well, why are you messing with Mary? Mary will take you to Jesus. Mary's not the goal. She's the guide. She appeared and affirmed that she wanted to give all of her love to the world that is Jesus. This observation was made by Monsignor Chavez Sanchez. He's this postulator, right, of Juan Diego. Now, <clears throat> He 
presided over this. So Zenit asked him, how has our lady of Guadalupe built Mexican national identity? Listen to this interview. Monsignor Chavez said, in my opinion, Mexico was forged on December 12th, 1531. That's when she appeared because she embraced all that is the Indian and Spanish identity and from here sent a message to the whole world. She spoke in the native language and put her picture on a native tilma. Her messenger, Juan Diego, was an Indian. She took much from this mentality to give Jesus' message as the true living God. She spoke to the whole world through these humble Indians without neglecting the Spanish. All right, because she is the Immaculate Conception and the Spanish understood that well. So she forges a new identity in combining the Spanish and the Indian world visions. This today is Democrat and Republican. Just like Spanish and Aztec. Completely off, totally separate. She brought them together. She sent the fruit to the whole world. And that is why John Paul II called her the perfectly enculturated model of the new evangelization. Wow. So she brings together peoples that you never thought could be brought together. We need this today. <clears throat> so Zenit said, why is it said that the Virgin of Guadalupe is the mother of the civilization of love? Remember, we had on there the new evangelization, culture of life, and the civilization of love. All right, here's what he said. She gave birth to the civilization of love because when she said to Juan Diego, I want a little sacred house, she was talking about a church, but also about the family. Our Lady Guadalupe said very clearly, I want to give all my love and all that love is Jesus. In other words, she wanted the construction not only of a church, but a new civilization where Jesus Christ is the center. That is love. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what we are called to do. And it starts in your family. You have to be that example. Even if you can't go out and preach and teach, God has you here listening for a reason right now. And he said, for all these reasons, she is the forger of the civilization of love. Her face is a mestizo. She is the integration of all races. She is the mother of all human beings, of all peoples. And that is why she said to Juan Diego, I am your mother and mother of all of the most varied races. Hence, she is the mother of all humans. Amazing. Finally, Zenit said, is Our Lady Guadalupe a symbol of unity between cultures? Let's look at our next slide. This is where Mary said, I am truly your merciful mother, yours and all the people who live united in this land. This is the key. And Monsignor Chavez, her postulator said, or Juan Diego's postulator said, indeed. And what is that unity? Love. A Chinaman, a European. An African, we all need love. An American, we want to live in love. This is why John Paul II saw it so clearly that he called her Mother of America, Patroness of America, no longer the Americas. The plural, 
She no longer said it in plural. She brought it in singular because one realizes that in love there is unity. We are all God's children and all have the same dignity. So Zena came back and asked, what does Our Lady of Guadalupe transmit to present day society then? And Monsignor Chavez said, above all, this is what we're called to do to change the world, humility. She chose Juan Diego and his most important characteristic, humility, simplicity. She too is humble. She said, let it be done unto me according to thy word, I am your handmaid. In the same way that Elizabeth did when she received Elizabeth's visit. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as John the Baptist said, what did he say? I must decrease so Jesus may increase. All of this is humility. You want to read, people talk about devotions and prayers and, and you come to me into confession. And if somebody gives a confession that they're struggling with pride, which is really the root of all of our issues, the penance I give is the litany of humility. You want to be knocked on your feet, or I should say off of your feet. Read the litany of humility. It will put you right between the eyes. Unlike anything I've ever read, this is the message of Guadalupe. Until we humble ourselves, we're not going to solve these problems. All this is humility. Sin comes to the human heart because of pride. It is this humility that characterized Juan Diego's life. So basically, he set everything aside after the apparition to become humble. He gladly became the humble servant of Our Lady who desires to console us and make us conscious of God's love for us, calling us to conversion. To live in humility is not easy. To flee temptation and to remove sin. Humility is essential and glorifies God precisely because it is only, this is, this is good, God, it glorifies God because it is only the divine potter who can mold us into sanctity. Only God can truly form us to be his chosen people, to be his friends and his children. The answer to everything is found in Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I myself didn't realize that till I heard Cardinal Burke, Pope Benedict, and Chris Sparks, my theologian, our theologian. So we'll finish by going back to that same graph, the new evangelization the culture of life, and the culture or the civilization of love. John Paul II brought this up in his general audience, guess when? December 1999. He said, it is paradoxically demanded that the state recognize as rights many forms of conduct which threaten human life, especially abortion, especially the weakest and the most defenseless. So one little paragraph left. In the face of this death-loving culture, our responsibility as Christians is expressed in commitment to the new evangelization, one of whose most important fruits is the civilization of love. John Paul referenced this graph I have on the screen. The Christian message doesn't demean cultures by destroying their particular features. Rather, it acts within them, making the most of that original potential which their genius can express. 
And finally, last quote, he said, the cornerstone of the civilization of love is recognition of the value of the human person and concretely of all human beings. This is why we are at the precipice of possibly the greatest and most monumental moment in human history, just prior to the second coming of Christ. On our EWTN show, Living Divine Mercy, every Wednesday at 6.30, I'm filming a series on Catholic view of end times with Daniel O'Connor. And I invite you that it'll be on in a few weeks because Jesus made it clear to St. Faustina, now is the time of mercy. Take it now because after that is coming the time of justice. There will be a great chastisement, a great apostasy and a chastisement. It's in the Bible. But we can make it through that. We're going to talk about the illumination of conscience. We're going to talk about the three days of darkness. We're going to talk about the great apostasy. We're going to talk about the Antichrist. This is all, this is all within church teaching. In fact, the last ones I just mentioned are in the Bible. So right now we are in this time of mercy that Jesus says is running out. This is why we're here today on a first Saturday to turn back to our Immaculate Mother, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to make reparation for the ingratitude of the sins of mankind. And it starts with protecting the most defenseless. This is why you're here. This is why you're with us. God is calling us to do this. We are called to be the modern day Abrahams. Lord, please don't destroy the city. What did Mary say at Fatima? Everything is contingent. If, if, if you don't pray and repent, these other things will happen. But if we pray and repent, we can prevent this from happening. We're standing on the edge right now. What choice will we make? Please stay with us right now. Brother Mark is going to shut down this talk here in a second. Then stay with us because in one minute we're going to come back up. And we're going to do the devotions right now of the first Saturday. Let us finish with the prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please look upon your screen as we pray. Virgin of Guadalupe, patroness of unborn children, we implore your intercession for every child at risk of abortion. Help expectant parents to welcome from God the priceless gift of their child's life. Console parents who have lost that gift through abortion and lead them to forgiveness and healing through the divine mercy of your son. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. Please stay with us as we now enter into the most important part of the day, the devotion of the first Saturdays as asked by our Mother Mary. God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey 
with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.